it won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. The blend masters in the building here to let you know. I got the game on lock and I'm ready to flow. I'm blessed with health, wealth, and knowledge of self, yo. It's just a couple more things you need to know. I'm spiritually gifted, socially uplifted. How do you leave in here smarter than the clip that you kick it with? A certified baller that your bank can't check. Quit hacking me, homie. Oh, I'ma check your neck. The king of the soft blends and two-top drop. And I be on it every day, so the shit don't stop. Chop it up is the name of my show. Where I break it all down and tell you how it go. I keep the mic smoking when I talk my shit. So tune in every week for the game I spit. I said I keep the mic smoking when I talk my shit. So tune in every week for the game I spit. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. Yeah, shoot, y'all coming up in the shop with with all these crazy demands and these badass kids. Man, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Sir, you don't look like this son of a gun on this picture, man. You don't look like him. And and and, and, and get that kid from around here. That kid sit up in my chair. He got he got iPads. He got a doggone phone. He got keys. He got a dog, and he's sleepy. And you, he don't need all that to get his hair cut. Let him sit there and get his hair cut. You know what I mean? And stay out the mirror, man. You know what you look like. You can't watch me cut it and get it cut at the same time. And no, you don't look like that. I cannot give you the the, the Jalen Rose Afro when you know you ain't even got no hair up there. And no, I'm not spray painting no hair on your forehead, man. I don't do the paint. No, I ain't spraying no foreheads. I ain't, I ain't putting no paint on your shit. That's what the young boys do. Them young barbers just come in there and they start a haircut and just spray paint the rest of the shit on there. Then, then they tell you don't bathe for two days. Come on, man. Your girl looking at you. She know you don't look like that. She know you ain't got no edge up, but then you come in the house with all that makeup on your forehead. She looking at your ass like, this nigga got all more makeup than me. Well, well damn. Come on, man. That ain't how it's supposed to be done. Just come sit down and get you a nice haircut and let me fade all that shit in and make you look like you're supposed to look. I'm not dealing with that. And you bald-headed on the top, bruh. Stop playing. You ain't even got no hair up there. Talk about you want your hair braided. Man, your hair gonna look like stitches. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got no hair on your head. And I'm telling you, that's why don't make me trying to argue with you because you don't never want to let stuff go. That's why you can't get ahead in life. You won't let shit go. Like, let, let, let that hair go, man. You bald-headed in the top, man. You got potholes in your lawn, man. Come on, man. We ain't, we, ain't, we ain't doing that no more, man. Hey, coming up in here with all these crazy demands and stuff, man. And listen, when I tell you that it won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol, that's just me sprinkling a little bit of truth on it. It's only going to stain if your shit ain't together, baby. Yeah. Come on, come on. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. That's right. It's happening. We're getting back here in the game. The world is opening up. The coronavirus is thinning out. And it's time for you to get that cut. Come on down and get with the blend master. That's right, Tate Barbering, the Blend Master. That's me. You can hit me up anytime. Area code 313-953-7326. 
for all your haircut questions, needs, and ideas. I'm the person you need to see. So you know you need to get with me. Holla at your boy. That's right. Take barbering. Yup, we back in the building. I hope y'all dig that new song. Yo, I had an opportunity to kick it with my man JT Money, man. JT Money and I go back. We go back. He one of my first, you know, mentors. He's the guy that taught me how to drive Navy ships. We just go back, man, and we just had a chance to just talk. So, you know, we had a little time. So we this is a little long episode, but it's a good episode. A lot of sea stories in there. A lot of, a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? So, I hope you enjoy the episode with my man James Thornton. We are back in the building with another episode of Tate Barber and Presents Chop It Up, man. I, I am very um, excited. I'm excited today, man. I'm excited to be here fellowshipping with y'all today, man, because I have a special guest. You know what I'm saying? This cat, I've been knowing this cat since summer of 95. You know what I'm saying? First day walking, I got off the, I got out the car. I mean, I got out the van and looked out. I had just got to the base. I get to the, you know, you ain't never seen anything colossal in your life until you pull up to a Navy pier and look at a Navy ship in real life. It is colossal. It's huge. And one of the first people I met when I got to that ship was my man, James Thornton, man, JT Money. We've been called, I call that nigga JT Money ever since I met him because only JT I know was the JT Money all Poison Clan. So I just start calling him JT Money. You know, I grew up in Miami and that was my, you know, by the time I was going to the Navy in 95, JT Money was still hot. I don't even think who that came out yet. But my main man, James Thornton, he's an author. He's a, a former police officer and Navy veteran on top of that. I mean, what more can I say? I'm not even gonna try to do it, so I'm gonna turn it over to my main man, James Thornton. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you, thank you, sir. Yeah, welcome Appreciate to Tate Barber Presents Chop It Up, man. It's, it's, a, it's a blessing to have you here, man. Yes, sir, yes, sir. And I'm I, glad to be here. Glad word. To be here. I wanna start this interview off by, by uh, straight up telling you that meeting you when I was 18, 19 years old, fresh in the military, you know, you were one of the first cats I met that wasn't from where I'm from. And that's what happens when you go to the military. You meet people from different cultures and you start to develop positive tendencies from these cultures and stuff. And I just known you as you was a little older than me. So I, I just saw you as a wise, older guy. And I know I come off as I came off as a as a. A, a, a silly ass, ignorant ass knucklehead when I got there, cause that's all these 18 year old cats were when the shit got to popping and shit. We was all young 18 year old knuckleheads. And you know, um, they always told us to find, find a mentor, find somebody that you can draw some information from, somebody that cares enough about you to tell you when you fucking up. And you know, I had JT money. So again, I had to get that off. I appreciate all that guidance. I look back on all that stuff. I remember everything, man. I remember you looking at me sometimes like, nigga, what we doing? But you know, it was all the different space, but I just, I'm just glad to have full circle, man. And, and be in this opportunity to let you talk about the shit you do, man. So without any further ado, man, tell me how it all started, man. What motivated you to be the James Thornton author that you are today, man? 
life trials, mm-hmm. tribulations. That got hey, That's there, the best there, formula. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of. Um, it was a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were desires that that were wanted. Some uh, were achieved and some weren't. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we go through those life those life uh, desires, man, and we want these things. And some of us will work for them, and some of us wouldn't. I I wanted to work for it. You know what I'm saying? And and I have achieved, and I'm thankful. And I'm thankful for meeting people like yourself. You know, during my career, because you know, even though I could share something with you, and I'm I was a little older. Work. Um, you taught me something too, and there are a lot of things that you showed me, you know, right and wrong. And, and mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, um, it was all kids just yeah, running the we world, were just running wild, running the world. Wild, B, man. we running was wild. overseas. We weren't just fucking around in Jacksonville. We was overseas, yeah, yeah. moving. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so what? Um, but uh, I started out uh, joining the Navy in 1994, March of 1994. I uh, one year after me, I mean, um, one year before me, and I end up uh, doing twenty years. Uh, I, I did my tour of boots okay. on ground. Okay, and stuff wait, wait, like wait! That. I got to ask. I got to ask. I got to ask. If you went in ninety four, you left the ship when? Ninety eight. So you did them four years on there. Yeah. Give me. I know you got one good sea story. Give me another good sea story from that ship. From the lady go. Yeah, a good sea story. You mean besides the one when we almost uh, beside the wreck? Because I know everybody got that in the books. (laughs) Okay, yeah, everybody got that in the books. And you can talk about that if you want to. Because let me tell you, yeah, because that wreck changed your life. So it it changed a lot of people's lives. A lot of people's lives. Yeah. So so we're sitting. I'm 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 out of Dex Division now. And uh, can I I do this if I blow it out the window? My nigga, that's what I'm talking about. Don't kill the dream. Is this gonna fuck you up if it's on camera? JT, yeah. listen. I turn it off. Listen, what you do is you <laughs> drop a disclaimer. This is a, this is a, this is a, this is a, this is one of the joints you find in the mall, the, the, the clean joints. This is not illegal marijuana. This is a CBD product. I don't give a damn. JT, it's a OCD product. it ain't a cigarette. I don't, I don't, I don't partake in those <laughs> things. But I don't partake in. You ain't that in a room thing. with it. This is not, I know you've been, a, and again, I'm not even, you know what? I'm not even going to fuck with it, dog. Start your camera back. I'm not even going to oh, fuck with man. it. I'm not going to fuck with it. JT, I'm not going to fuck uh, with it I ain't going to fuck with it. Just, okay. just hit record. Okay, okay, okay. And then you can just, so, you know, glue them together. So, just hit record. Uh, hit record on camera, wherever you was recording from. Uh, I'll start right now. So, yeah, man, go ahead, man. Go ahead. So, tell All me. All right, so the story, you know, I was in combat system burden. You know, I'm in the bottom rack. Combat systems. That is the burden that has about maybe a hundred racks, and they got all the people that work in combat systems. Your FCs, your gunners, mates, your machine, uh, your your your, uh, your missile techs, EWs, torpedo mates, EWs, all the because they got the same type of schedule. They keep them in the same. You got supply burden, engineering burden, combat systems burden, operations burden, and deck burden. But you were in combat systems with all the FCs and gunners, mates, and shit. Yeah, I that was com- after you got a deck burden. Yeah, you was in deck. You was in the hole too. We, was in, we yeah. had our own burden. Yeah, and it was valuable. That was a great burden, bro. It was, was all in dudes the, in the basement. I had just converted over. Mm-hmm. They gave you a rack. You couldn't wait to get yeah, out that bottom rack. I had a bottom rack. <laughs> um, but you know the funny thing, you know, we was near the engine, engine, uh, engineering burden, so we could hear the the rudders and stuff. Uh, rumbling and stuff. Yeah. So, I'm thinking we're doing, we're going fast. I'm thinking we're speeding up. 
Because you hear go Yeah, yeah. So then, because when you in them burdens, you can hear when the ship changes speeds. You can hear when the ship, you can feel when the ship changes courses. Mm -hmm. And if you low enough in the burden, you can hear the sonar. Well, you're going to hear that anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. anyway. So, yeah. so I end up, uh, I was in my rack and, um, you know, the boat was trembling and stuff like that. The engines anyway. Mm -hmm. So, so I in your rack for the wreck? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because a lot, I know, I remember a lot of guys were saying they had to go up to the bridge. I was on you was on, You was on the, the lookout. Port lookout that shit coming right at my nose <laughs> so so i'm thinking man like oh man they, they doing uh speed drills or whatever and the boat tilted and i didn't know which way we was tilting but i just felt the the, the like this i was going like this in my rack like, so you in the, you was facing so it had you lean back into your because some people lean fell out they shit left. yeah so but you lean to the wall because people's was Big uh, either the top or the middle, as yeah. far as I remember, but I remember him falling. No, he was at the top, so he fell in the middle section yeah. of the uh, of the rack. Uh -huh. So he fell into the middle rack. Yeah. So Damn. and then I looked There's out three, my we, curtain. Now these racks, we talk about bottom rack, top rack. We had yeah. three stacks. You had a top, a middle, middle and, and a bottom. bottom. Right. Yeah. And, and if you were if you were a junior, you was on the top. Right. You were on the top. So I I look out the curtain and I look back like that and. I can see an ironing board going toward the left also. And I'm like, dang. And then, so I hear the collision alarm. And I'm like, well, the XO got to be tripping, man. Because he's, why are you doing general quarters at two something in the morning? Is he that bad? Is he that? Because when you go break, because see what happened. This was a deployment. This was an underway period right before our deployment stand down the month before we take leave, before we go on deployment. So up until this point, we have been practicing. Normally the workups are practicing all our drills, practicing all of our emergency procedures, man overboard, general quarters, firefighting, collision, anything that could possibly happen, you gotta constantly practice that to where it's second nature in the event of an emergency. So for him to be hearing him say, he just said, what the hell? Cause they, was, they do it too much, bro. Yeah. They make us do GQ every yeah. day, dog. And steak and lobsters was when you know you was going right. to get it. We're going to give y'all steak and lobster because you know it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's, coming. it's coming. So get ready. It's coming. Oh, everybody eat. Yep. Everybody's reluctant, reluctantly eating steak and lobster. Like, man, they finna have some shit. Don't even bring, the, the, don't even bring the Vaseline. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> so, so now he's explaining what happened. <clears throat> top rack, middle rack, bottom rack. So you got a top. A middle and a bottom and so they got these straps on the racks that you can like hook up click click so it basically straps you in where it's two straps so if you do lean too far to the offside it'll the straps will catch you and let me tell you something if you look if your rack is facing the right way that is the best sleep that you'll yeah. ever get in your life tuck a couple boots up under your mattress if you ain't got no straps <laughs> and just rock mm. yourself to sleep. Wow. And when you walk in that bird in the middle of the night, it's all red lights, mm -hmm. and you just hear the harmony of a bunch of motherfucking bears and they're snoring, nigga. Right? Or somebody oh. got stinking feet. Yeah. And it be cold as shit. So if you in a, a vet and you living with a, a military navy vet, he likes to keep the um the thermostat on about 65. 
keep it cool because it feels like that burning. Well, yeah, 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 you had to keep it at 65 because if it was anything above, you're gonna smell yeah, that funk, boy. Because the folks, hey, some of them people just hot rap. That's a whole nother show, my man. That's a whole nother, that's a whole, yeah, because <laughs> I ain't even got into all that yet. But, but so, so, um, just to bring us up to, to speed, my man was talking about he felt the trembling of the ship and he felt the goddamn tilt. And he saw the stuff, and he saw people falling. He's still befuddled because it's like three thirty in the morning. Yeah, it's three thirty in the morning, cuz. Well, actually, they said it was three twenty-eight. I was up there. You was up there, but I'm saying they they was like it was two forty-five, and then it happened. Everything just subsided by three o'clock. Because it was getting ready for because the, they had already sent people down to do the rev watch and all that stuff because for for rotation and, and wake ups and all that. Yeah. So it was around two forty-five, but according to the the. the uh, According to the uh, statements, it was 328. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was just the 25th year anniversary in November that just passed. So, so I, my whole point is, well, was, was during that time was like uh, the XO, I guess he came up to the bridge and he ended up taking over when instead of letting the officer the deck and the not well, the officer do their job. No, what happened was I was on Port Lookout and the signalman. Uh, Rundy and um, the tall, skinny white boy we had on there. Wagner, Jones. Jones, whatever. Wagner. No, it wasn't Jones. Wagner. Jones was the boatswain. mate. Yeah. It was Wagner. Wagner. Wagner was on the carry doing flashing light drills. They had shut down the comms. Captain XO was in combat. And, you know, me, NC, Robinson, Remember the uh, the Mr. The, the, the big blockhead junior officer whose father <laughs> was an admiral? Anyway, he was the officer of the deck. So I'm standing here. We talking on the we talking on the headset all the way through the watch, and Selva was on the starboard lookout. I'm on the port lookout, and I'm looking at the carrier. They slowed down to like two knots. Yeah, they slowed down to like the carrier slowed down to two knots. Then we slowed down to two knots, and they said boats being being two Jones pass uh, green deck for flight quarters and shit. So they passed flight quarters. They took the green deck. Now Reggie them on the flight deck waiting on them to bring the helo in but the helo sitting up here watching this aircraft carrier do an all back 30 they was doing 20 knots i mean they were doing two knots jay went 30 and then they turned on all back 30 now i'm sitting here on port lookout you know what i'm saying and the ship is probably about 500 away 500 yards away 500 yards away ladies and gentlemen it's like five football fields we're close but we're not close. And the purpose of playing guard, just to give you an understanding why we were so close to them and so close in contact with them, when the aircraft carrier launches airplanes and lands airplanes, there needs to be 35 mile, 35 nautical mile, 35 knot winds. That means the wind has to be blowing 35 miles per hour in the direction of the ship's path. Like the ship has to be driving into 35 miles per hour at 40, giving them 70 miles over the deck. And these planes need that wind traction to get up. So when they launching planes and landing planes, they either out of gas or they needed to launch. So if we're not going that fast. We can't launch these planes. And if you fall in the water off of one of these planes, we can't bust a U-turn and come back and get you as an aircraft carrier because there's other planes that need to land. The ship that we elect as plane guard, his job is to follow behind us about 500 yards. And if we tell them it's a man overboard, then y'all do the drill and get this dude up on board and we'll heal him back to the carrier, etc. 
that is what the idea of playing guard is. So when it's time for workups and they're doing their night quals, their night officer the deck qualifications, we got as a ship, we got to follow them around. Every time they go out to sea, we go out to sea. Every port they pull in, we pull in. Everything they do, we do because we got to ride with them because our job is to follow behind them during the deployment to retrieve all the fallen planes in there. How many times have we had to do that? A lot. A lot. And some we didn't even find. Right. Because when them bitches hit the water, they going, this thing, we two miles from the ground, JT. They floating. They, 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 <laughs> if you lucky, if yeah. you lucky, because some of them, because, because when a plane, when, 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 when one of them jets land on an aircraft carrier, they got a hook that sticks out about 30 feet. And that hook drags down low. And they have a cord that stretches across the flight deck. And it's basically uh, the plane lands and that hook is supposed to catch that cord and assist in stopping the damn plane. Because if not, that joker could go straight off and fall in the front. Now, there are several movies. If you go look at Midway, the original Midway and some of the uh, Pearl Harbor bombers you, and, and some of these other war movies, you will see episodes of planes falling off. And they got them on YouTube. Yeah. So... The reason why we were in such close proximity because we had playing guard. What wasn't supposed to happen was that they were supposed to, they dropping down the two knots. We dropped down the two knots and if you had two knots, you have no mobility. You can't move the ship because you need speed to move. There ain't no brakes on the ship. You go in the opposite direction and it stops it in its tracks. And once you get to stop out of forward motion, you put it in neutral and it sits in one place. And when you are at two knots, to get it, so so we had two knots, and we turn and following, and the carrier goes from two knots to thirty knots backwards, and they coming fast now. When this happened, the XO walked up on the bridge, and he walked out on the port bridge wing, opened up the door, and put the hook in the back. Mm -hmm. I said, XO, the carrier is coming backwards. He said, I got a semen tape. I said, Roger that. And I went back to sitting on the bridge wing, looking at this motherfucking hell, this aircraft carrier coming at us. They passing the flight with that, flight quarters. So they finna land the helo, but the helo ain't coming down because this motherfucker's still coming. So when they noticed it, the officer of the deck was like right full rudder and all ahead full. Now from two knots, right full rudder means turn the wheel all the way to the right and put that bitch on zero to like 28. Now, when you got it going at 28, this is not a car where it goes, and take off. No, you got to, them, 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 them propellers got to turn and get going. And once they get going, the bubbles start hitting and the rudder starts shifting. And then that bad boy get to creeping and turning and then they finally get to moving. And so it's a good three minute move to get that bitch from zero to even moving the direction you wanted to when you were at that speed. The carriage come back 30 knots per hour. Then the captain comes up. So at this point, it's at, it's, 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 it's at the building. And it looked like that fucking building, JT, when you were poor lookout. Mm -hmm. You think the, the CGs are big. Wait till a carrier pull up on your ass. And he didn't reverse in the middle of the night in the dog old parking lot. So that joker pulled up. I'm looking like so then the captain came upstairs. Mm -hmm. He come out of combat. You know how you come right up to behind the bridge wing. Mm -hmm. He come up right up behind the uh the 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 the, the, the helmsman. You come mm -hmm. right up and in that door. And he came in and what did the captain do? He shifted the rudder and put it in reverse. 
So you already trying to get that thing to start going forward with the propellers once you turn it on and then the captain come and stop that momentum and put it in reverse and shift the rudder. Now, the, 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 the rudder, they shift and it starts turning the opposite way. Now the bubbles gotta go from going from behind us to up under the ship in front of us before we can start moving backwards. And that's you figure that's a good five minute move. Right. And the ship is basically did this, turn this way and then turn this way. In the meantime, this bad boy coming. So when it was turning back, it came and hit, boom. Now, right before it hit, I'm standing on port lookout. Coleman Landis came out that jump. He was poised, you know, he looked like Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? Pop belly fro with a mustache, big old mustache. Mm, Rover Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he cool as shit. He used to play James Brown after every unrep. You know what I'm saying? I got the feeling. Mm. And he just standing there looking. He's, he's got the chair in one hand and the rail in one hand. Mm. And he looked at me and said, See me tell you, you might want to step inside the bridge wing. And I'm standing in the doorway, B, because I'm like, I want to be out here with the captain, but I, but I'm stepping in, and the shit is like the building. Then it's the cars right there. And then Sean Mack. And I didn't have to make the choice if I was going in that motherfucker or not. Because it threw me from that door. I grabbed the top of the bridge. You know, the chart table had that little lip on the top. Grabbed that. Boom, snatched it off a slit all the way across the uh pilot house. Officer Deck, Junior Officer the Watt. I knocked them down like bowling pins. And I hit the doorway and I ended up behind the Bright Bridge. Right. Rube was on the Bright Bridge. OS3 Robinson yeah. at the time. So me and him stand up, he stood up on the Bright Bridge. I'm getting up off the floor and we walked to the front of the bridge just to see the fucking aircraft carrier pull off. And we saw the front of the ship standing up like that. So I instantly knew we weren't finna sink from when I saw that. Because I stood up and went out there and looked at the bow, and I saw that the only damage was up at the top. Because mm -hmm. it was like, that's the only thing going to hit. This bad boy sit up like this. You ain't getting to no ship till you get back here. So this bow is going to hit first, mm -hmm. and that's going to stop it enough to send it back. So it tore the front up. Mm. And so I'm like, oh, snap. Yeah, that front was looking like that. Yeah, it was flipped up. So we called GQ. They had Zebra set, what, three minutes? Fastest zebra setting time in Navy history, my man. Huh. When they heard that, so you and them, what the fuck is he running in? GQ drill? Just trash, man. Damn, I'm tired of this XO. I went, I went and walked in, walked um, up to the gun mount. What was mount, your, what was your GQ at? Oh, yeah, you was up there napping. That's what y'all so, did. So, nah, we, we weren't on watch. We was like, like they was on watching uh, 51 and somebody else was in 52. I just went to 52 and uh, they was on the comms listening in. Then I went back to my rack. I didn't, I didn't until we had that muster that, that, that sure we know everybody was there. Okay, okay. Cause I think one person got hurt and that, you know, far as uh, like a sprain of arm or something like that. One and that was AW. One thing I remember, we was, um, um, so when <clears throat> they go to GQ, we get to, I was in repair two and peanut Dwayne yeah. mission, right? He, he lost, he lost it. He lost it that day because he was panicking. What the fuck? You know, I used to talk, mm -hmm. what the fuck? When we get the fuck out of here, I was like, chill peanut, chill. 
I took him up to Ford Sauron. Cause that's the first thing I did when I went down to the main. To the I went up to see Sonar to see where that to bitch the sonar, at. See no, if it was leaking. No, to see where the hole was at. Oh. So I went to forward Sonar. Oh, and I could see the hole where the chains yeah. and stuff run. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I went up for past repair two up and up the ladder and opened up that door, gotcha. yeah. and you could see where the hole was at. Gotcha. So I knew it was up by the numbers. Right. And it wasn't going. Remember, because it was rough seas. Yeah, it was. That whole week, bro. Yeah. And when that happened, it was, it was smooth we was, selling for the rest right. of the trip. We was lucky. I, we was lucky. We I'm was. like, man, it was just bad out here, cuz. Yeah. And, 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 and when, so, of course, the Gettysburg was out there sitting off in the distance. The Vicksburg was sitting off oh, in the, the distance. The whole battle group. The carrier was in the distance. <laughs> and the Admiral was on the hill hitting everybody's shit. What the fuck happened? Yeah. And the Admiral came on board. And so that was on the bridge. And you talk about people was frantic and shit, but I was poised because I actually, if I'd have been in my wreck, I probably would have nutted up because I wouldn't have been able to see exactly what happened. Mm. And like you being in your wreck, I know that was a whole different experience for you because you probably didn't hear to go bam. You probably woke I up when you- man, cause only thing I could, like I told you, when, I, when, when the ship went this way, Peoples came and landed into the yeah, landed into the middle rack, and I looked out my curtain, and I see the ironing board going Sorry. that way too. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, what's going on? And then I hear the collision alarm. I'm like, why is he tripping like this? Because I knew the XO, you know, there was some, well, a lot of the department heads didn't, didn't like the XO. Period. Everybody knew that. Everybody, most people didn't like the XO. He was a Hawaiian dude, and he was trying no, to outplay. He was Hispanic. He, he was Hispanic or Hawaiian? I thought he was Hawaiian, but Hispanic. okay. Vasquez. Vasquez, yeah, he was SA. He was SA. <laughs> he was a whole SA. But the thing is, is that uh, he, according to what, you know, other Sources. sailors was uh, speaking, he was the the, the the brunt of the whole thing. It was his idea it, to it, secure the comms. Right. Well, they secured comms for practice. It was his idea also to take control of the the bridge. He did take control of the bridge. This is XO out the deck. And then they they was wondering where the captain was. And he was down there because he was in combat. Somebody said he was in the stateroom. That was the rumor. They said he was in the stateroom. I was wasn't in combat. I when, know he came up that steps, so look, he might have been in the stateroom. When he he was supposed to be right there on the bridge. Because it was like a plane guard thing. Right, so you had to so be up there watching that So you had to be up shit. there on the bridge to be watching that. And he wasn't up there. And that's why he got, uh, supposedly, that's why he got relieved of his duties. Well, you got relieved of your duties because your ship touched the paint. Right. And you're the captain. Exactly. You're going to get this work anyway. But trust me, me and everybody on deck that was in the watch section, we put it all on Exxon. All our statements work together. We're going to put this on Exxon. Yeah, because he was a he was he was not a people's person, so right. you can't expect your people. But to, is to that the XO role? Have your back. Is that the XO's role? Executive officer, man, I gotta put it down. Period. Field day, clean this shit up. But God you damn. know, I heard I heard one day we was coming from. It might have been GQ, and I heard the captain uh, say out of his mouth to the XO. This is your ship. You run it how you want it. Now, why would I tell you that? That's the XO job. You, right. As the captain, you the liaison between the brass and the ship. XO got to do all the work. Captain got to do all the thinking. But Just like my, you would have a woman this. run the household, even though you the husband, my she got to run the household. My point is this, though. If 
he had to feel some kind of way, bro. As to Kobe. yeah, he had to feel some kind to of relinquish way. his to relinquish to, to that just type. say that to him because how many XOs have you dealt with? Haven't they all been that way though? No, you've had cool. I've had a couple cool XOs. Oh, right? the XO before him was cool, and, and Cap Captain Ren, Captain Ren. That was the one before uh, coming line. You was there, right? For he was the the. Pretty much the um, the so head hunter. He so had Landers the, hadn't been there that long. He hadn't because he was. I got there August third, nineteen ninety five, and we had a change of change of command ceremony. Like a, I think a week or maybe two weeks after. Which is that. why y'all was at Charlie Pier. Yeah, y'all was at Charlie Pier when I pulled up. No, y'all wasn't at Charlie Pier. Y'all was at Bravo Pier behind the McDonald's. Cause we was Pier Bravo. Uh, we was like the uh, when Captain Rand was captain. We was like. He was the the senior captain of the whole battle group. Man, I, I just remember my first day on so that. So I find, I, and then and then again, like this is all talk, speculation. But they said they were saying that Captain Landers was the junior captain. Of uh, yeah, he was like the yeah, newest, like of the, the newest of the captains. Yeah, yeah. Man, Coleman Landers was a cool brother. He was man. cool. I mean, he was definitely cool, and man. But he was real. The first day I remember being he had on that a show, heart. The first day I was on that ship, I had just got there. The day I checked on that motherfucker, I had fell in love with this girl in boot camp. <laughs> met a girl in boot camp. Actually, I didn't meet her in boot camp. I met her at A school. I met her at A school, and she was a sigma when I was in quartermaster school. And she and I, she was from Greenville, North Click. I ain't gonna say the girl name. But well, we got the fucking in boot camp, and then I mean, basically, and uh, and uh, and uh, we ended up getting hotels in Orlando and fucking around and stuff. And then she came to Detroit and met my mom's, and you know, we actually kicked it in Detroit. And and then like she came to Jacksonville when I was checking on board the ship, mm -hmm. and we had a muster. I think we were getting underway at nighttime. Mm -hmm. Or we had a fast cruise. But whatever the case may be... I think it was had, a fast cruise. We had to come back to the ship at nighttime. Mm -hmm. And we had a muster. So the girl came back with me. And she came and we, I got dressed in my uniform. I'm all wrinkled up. New Navy. I ain't had no iron clothes. I just pulled this shit out and put this shit on. I got to be here for muster. So I got on a wrinkled-ass shirt, some boots with some white socks on. My fucking dusty ass dungarees, all brand new, fresh out of boot camp. Here comes Seaman recruit tank. So I'm sitting up on the, I'm sitting on the folks. Yeah. On the bullnose with the girl, and we chopping it up. And they didn't already, we we beat we beat muster yeah. to get on the ship, cause you had to be on the ship to um, you had to be on the, We had I think we had secure liberty at like 1800 or something like that. Right. So when you know when that happens. Cats come on, show their face, get dressed. Now we just gonna kick it and see what they finna do. Right. So the captain was on the bridge. I'm sitting on the bull nose with my gal. And the captain was like, I don't know who that guy is. The new shipmate right there. But tell him he gotta he gotta go muster. Right? Somebody came down, somebody yelled off the bridge, went, yo, you gotta muster with your division. And I was like, alright. So I told the girl, I was like, you gotta go. Go do this shit. I don't know what we finna do or whatever, whatever. So I told her that, and I mean, I was in love with this bitch. I was in love with her. <laughs> she is my girlfriend. She came home to visit my mom. Mm -hmm. We made love to "You Are Not Alone" by Michael Jackson. That was the <laughs> song that was out that summer. Oh man! And 
I saw her. I, I stood there on the. I stood there on the quarter deck. Down a little bit, looking at the pier. You know how you pour more. You know pier side. Yeah. I'm looking down and watching my girl walk because we was over there by Charlie Pier. Mm-hmm. So you got the whole parking lot right there. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here watching her go get in her car, and then she got stopped by her car for colors. So we all standing up there for colors. I'm watching her stand at attention in the parking lot, and she get in her car and pull up, and we go muster for five minutes, and it's over with. She mm-hmm. could have came and kicked it. Right. After that. And right. the captain was like, I ain't tell you to tell her to leave, because he saw me. He said, I ain't tell you to tell her to leave. I was just telling you to muster. And I was like, all right. And she was going, I ain't never see her ass again. <laughs> I never Man. saw her again, and and I remember I remember vividly trying to get her pregnant. Wow! Before we mastered, we had sex, and I, I I tried to get her pregnant. Wow! And it didn't work. Wow! And she went back home and got a divorce and everything, and then you know she went on with her life. But she was with a dude that was abusive, and mm. she come to boot camp with all these motherfucking stories and shit. But long story short. You know, that was a moment I'll never forget. And he was so cool about it because he came down to the bridge. I ain't tell you to send her home. I just wanted you to go make sure you checked in with your division. I said, well, that ain't how the message got to me, sir. Because I walked up to him. He said, hey, man, you didn't salute me. I said, my bad, sir. He said, always salute the captain, no matter how cool he is. And that's what I learned from him. He taught me that, too. But he was always like an OG. Most of them captains weren't as personal. They were more, you know, political. Yeah. Coleman was an OG black dude that was like, he might slip you some game if you, you know, if ain't a lot of people around. He yeah. was just a down-to-earth cat. Never, never a jerk. Did he ever put anybody on restriction? Yeah, he did. He even put Mathis on restriction. He put Mad Dog on there? Mathis went home. He had issues. He went home and uh, so uh, he missed, uh, he got back and he, he was UA, so he didn't come back when he was supposed to. And uh, so the day he did go to mass, uh, Captain gave him, bust him down to E2, I think. Wow. And uh, gave him 30 days or 45 days. And that's when I met him. Yeah. Because he was like, fuck all y'all. <laughs> yeah. Because y'all was chanting, yeah, command, send me up he to said the old Captain man. respected him, though, because he said, uh, said, Matt said he was up there sweating. You know, sweat was coming off his nose because it was hot. He sweat all and, the time. And uh, he said, Captain said, man, man, that sweat like that is, is, is just like a bull or something Matthew said. Matthew can tell you that. that story. <laughs> but he said it was just a sign of, re- he, you know, it was a sign of respect. You know what I'm saying? He treated him as an, not like if he was 18 or 19. Right. He, but he, he knew he was a grown yeah, ass man. He knew he was grown, yeah. And that was another thing, man. Like I said, man, I don't really want to, we could talk all day about the USS Late Takeoff and there's so many things. Yeah, it's it's a lot, but you know, it's, it's, um, we, was, we had some good times. We had some good times, good deployments. Uh, my first some, deployment was an all-male deployment. Yeah. That was my favorite deployment because it was it was a deployment full of dudes that was about that shit. It was straight. It was straight up. Wasn't no flaking and perpetrating. Wasn't no whole shit. It was it was sucker MCs, but it wasn't no <laughs> it wasn't no you know what I'm saying yeah. no no because I say that because in comparison. The next deployment, they were outfitted for females. Yeah. And you talk about where the Mestec used to be a conversation about football, and, and it turned into Applebee's. Applebee's. <laughs> they was on dates every child, dog. Like, for real? Like, we don't talk about this shit no more. Goddamn. Well, I, I remember I remember when the the first group of females checked on board, which was uh, Black. Yeah. And the other girl that got pregnant, she got 
uh, when we got to Rhode Island, she uh, she got pregnant and she had to be flown off. I forgot her name, but uh, I remember how the OSs was acting. Like they was dimes, cause them OSs was caking with their ass. Cause they made us fill out. We were so we were so gangster. <laughs> they made us fill out page thirteen. Like you can't be touching these bitches. You can't be disrespectful <laughs> to these hoes. You can't be goddamn asking for no pussy. You can't be asking for no nothing. Uh, if you get caught fucking so remember they had a sign on page 13. Yeah. We know how you niggas is. We know. Uh, I'm like, this is a ship full of pirates, yo. You gonna bring some damies on here? Right. And what? They was wild as fuck themselves. Right. They right. came on that motherfucker choosing too. Yeah. They came on there choosing because they was like, see, you was gone by the time we was getting ready to go on that deployment. But they'd made their choice. Yeah. They weren't finna go on deployment and not had no choices. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, but so I mean, how that did was, that fare out? Like when they went on deployment with y'all, it was a lot of, was a lot of, uh, was a lot of chaos, or just you know like a regular deployment. Well, I got chose. I got chose. It was a couple of bad damies on there, mm -hmm. but it was one on there. She was a, I ain't gonna say her name, but she was a QM. She had an ass like a doggone Instagram model. And it was one of them asses that I don't give a fuck everybody looking at it. It was one of them asses that you had to get your pants tapered. Ain't no way them was bought in the motherfucking exchange, nigga. You had to take the bitch to a tailor. That's how that ass used to look. Wow. And I'm just keeping it 1,000 with you. So Lane came to me one day and was like, and remember it was another girl who was a signal man. She was cool as hell, man. She was chocolate, slim, quiet. She had a twin sister. So those two weren't on the ship together, but the, six, the uh, one girl was with another girl. They were tight. And we were getting ready for deployment, and Lane was like, hey, we was in Puerto Rico. He was like, take, man. Both of them want you. It's just they're afraid you're going to talk too much. I said, you, I started singing Luther Vandross. I said, you tell them, you tell them this. I won't tell a soul. No whole one has to know. Go that Rafe. If you want to be totally discreet, that nigga was dying laughing. We was on the we was on the watch in San Juan, Puerto Rico. You know we was next to that building. We was on that watch. Bacardi factory, right there. He was like, "Man, you stupid." I said, "But I won't say." So of course we I done already did workups mm -hmm. and she was a quartermaster. She's right there on the bridge with me. Right. So you can't be a now it was other dudes trying to buy the pussy, offering her money. Officers, chiefs, and she would come to me and laugh about it on the watch. Like, this motherfucker tried to tell me he wants a pussy. This is just because they be calling up on the bridge while she on watch. I'm on watch like yo, both better watch. Hold on. She on that one. I'm calling me like this. And then they call the XO chair. She go over there. Like she got to talk. I got to do my courses. So she was digging me, though, because I was just clowning her about the shit. And then she was clowning at the other niggas that was dirty macking. You, do you know he got a wife. You know that nigga married. But I was married to the devil. You understand me? Mm. I was married to the devil. You understand me? Mm -hmm. I tell you that. That's my. That was the only, that's the only thing in his life that has really put me in a bind was dealing with that woman. Cause she tried everything she could to fuck me over, but fuck her. So that per that situation went on, and she she confessed her sins a little bit. And every port, her girl picked a dude. She picked a dude, and her girl picked a dude. And me and that dude got cool because of that, because they were getting off the ship as as those two rates going to get hotel rooms, mm. while we being in our rate 
having to work until it was time to get liberty. Mm -hmm. You know, the quartermaster be gone. Yeah. So they up at the doggone, they didn't got a five star. They didn't got a five star. So I get over there and I'm getting worked out, man, because this is what they've been waiting on. That's what they've been waiting on. He's been slow rolling that thing through here all this time, man. So, and 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 so, and I said that to say, they were choosing, and it was real quiet about it. Mm. I was in the fucking gig. Me and watch gig. Mm -hmm. Me in the gig. I got locked in a chart room three times. Mm. My girl gonna lock us in the chart room. Signal shack, bridge, weight room, fan room, cleaning gear. Half storage, forward, uh, forward cleaning gear, and then half fire weather gear. These are all the places that we caught up with each other, had our conversations. You know what I'm saying? Asked Darren a couple times. Every time I'm doing half lookout, she back there on a, in a helo tower coming to visit. But just because these hoes that got sex drives, they got niggas at home, and, you know, relationships at home, but they want to fuck. I remember one time, you know how you go on deck burden on the on the ship's office side. Mm -hmm. And you know when you get to the deck berthing, it's you can go behind the ladder well. Mm -hmm. I fucked up behind the ladder well down there every night. The shower right here, these bitches in the shower, hoes walking down the steps, and I'm behind that bitch fucking her on the angle line and shit. Every night, man, she had to have it. Then before we pulled in from the plumber, she's sitting on the stairs crying. What I'm gonna do? Now you know I got a wife, girl. Stop playing. <laughs> you got a man too. You can't do that shit. Let me tell you how I got hemmed up. Cause I got hemmed up by it. Mm. My uh, my wife, my dad came to visit me October that year, right for Halloween, and we was gonna ride. We stayed in base housing in Norfolk. We was gonna ride out to um, we was gonna ride out to um, Coliseum Mall. That bitch put a tape recorder in, in the car and recorded the conversation me and my dad had driving across 65. Your wife did? Yeah, she did that. She put a so I didn't know she did it. So she came back in and she didn't say nothing. Cause I was taking my dad to the airport after that, so she put it back in the car again and tried to record another conversation. And that's when I found a tape and kept the tape mm. and listened to it. Like this bitch recorded our whole conversation. So I got both of the conversations, and you know what I'm saying. But I was like, damn. I mean, again, you know, I was a young boy. That was 25 years ago. But I mean, I've been through my shit. I don't give a fuck. And it, you know, I was trust me, it led to that. But I was a victim of all that shit. I ain't tripping. I I, I enjoyed it. And I'm when only, you say when you say. You was a victim mm -hmm. of all that. Mm -hmm. What do you mean, like you was a victim? You mean well, of her, of her, her triflingness, or you was just like you were just you weren't. You know, I was thinking a nut, right. I was a nutcase before I came to the navy. Okay. I came to the navy to cleanse my soul. Okay. I grew up in an abusive household, man. Okay. You know what I'm saying single parent home. My mother was, you know, she was the she was an aggressive mother. Okay. And she felt like being mean to me was going to make me a man when it actually destroyed all my confidence. Is the reason why I never went to the NBA by, or the NFL or tried to do nothing super by great. By telling you negative things. Man, I'm, listen, I, I really didn't want to get on the couch, but she, it was just, it was just every, I would get, I would, my mother would have to drive us to school 30 miles per hour. I mean, 30 miles from our house to the schoolhouse. Every day. Every day. Down Grand River, pick up my cousin and do traffic, then weave through the neighborhood and get up to the school and drop us off. I would get I would get cursed out from home all the way to school. Every day? Three or four times a week, man. It was almost like a reassurance that you ain't supposed to be shit, nigga. And I used to hear that shit and I'd get out the car and that's what I go to school with on my chest. Well, that brings me and I, and 
we, I'm glad yeah. we touching on that. But that yeah. brings me to the next uh, thing I want to say to you. Um, that brings up. That's where um, the reason why I myself, you know, um, was brought into. I like that segue. This book. I like that segue. And just one more one more chapter to that as far as why I considered that self a victim. Because I went through what I went through, I ended up with the wrong woman. You know, you marry the wrong woman. If you got mommy issues, a woman can take advantage of that just like if a girl has father issues and a man can take advantage of that. I was a victim of that. That being the case, dealing with the abuse in that particular situation, whether it be the shit she was putting me through and she put me through a lot of stuff. Needing an escape from it, you know what I'm saying? I took the the um I took the bait of being, you know, I, I was I was I was tempted by the temptation of a little bit more peace and somebody was actually, you know, being aggressive towards me about their attraction. So I was a person that had been starved of that type of attention ever since I was a child and I just say I fell fell victim to it. And it was all a plan because I was being, I was being, she chose me because she thought I was going to stay this young dumbass nigga. Mm -hmm. And she thought that she was going to be able to manipulate me into being this clown for her. Mm -hmm. But see, the thing about it, going to the ship every day, the thing about going to the ship every day, talking to dudes like you and the other older guys like Lane and Reggie and all the dudes, I could name a thousand of them that just listening to y'all and just hearing from y'all, every day was another day of growth. You go back to work. Yeah. Every day. And so by the time I was 21, I'm like, I don't need to be here, though. I'm with the wrong person. But you know, you're never going to understand none of those things. I mean, not you per se, because you start, you start to understand what it is that uh, you was dealing with. But what I'm saying is that you have a lot of young black males out there uh, coming up and they're dealing, some of them um, are dealing with some of the same issues. And then our our, our queens, um, a lot of times they try to figure out what's wrong with this man. You know what I'm saying? What's wrong with this dude? You know, and he, not knowing that not only he got to go outside and he got to deal with the Society, world. the world. You know, he's got to deal with the world, but now he's got to come back and, you know, hear you talk or complain or you know whatever it is you got to do, whatever it is you need. You know what I'm saying? And and not saying that he won't provide what you need because he's a good fellow, right? Right. But again, though, he's in this child, relationship. He, he's in this relationship with you because he wants to be that person. Exactly. See, I, that, that was a time where I wanted to be. When I, when, when uh, my relationships, I had good relationships, I had bad relationships. The bad ones, because I wanted to be, um, even before I, my, you know, my marriage now, you know, I wanted to, somebody to like me, you know, because I was always being told I wasn't going to be this, I wasn't going to be that. And it wasn't because of, I did something wrong. It was because of something my father didn't do. My father wasn't there. So I couldn't say, hey, dad, hey. Give me some answers. So what if, I, I want to, you know, go and, and hang out with this girl here. So what's the deal with, you know, what should I? 
I had, you know, I had my uncles and everybody like that, but it's nothing like coming from your dad. That wasn't nurturing enough for right. you to get the information. So, so shit. guess what? By the time I decided to settle down, it caused a whole lot of, it, there was a whole lot of mental aspects. You know Man, what I'm saying? That's a deep statement right there. There's a lot of mental aspects definitely. because here I still have my mother and she's telling me days that she's really upset with me or angry with me, you know, because I done did something stupid. Um, I can't stand you. You remind me of him. But again, I don't know him. So how can I remind you of somebody that I don't even know? And, and one more footnote to that. A lot of our, um, a lot of our fates are predetermined based upon some shit that our mothers went through or your girl's mother went through. Or our fathers went through. But I say that because, let's say you're dealing with a woman and because the father, her, because her father wasn't a certain way to her mother to benefit her. She's going to teach her a red flag or something to notice, to go ahead and come to a conclusion in case she see it in you. Like, if a man start doing that, that means this, so don't do that. Yeah. And your debt is, your debt, your, your shit is predetermined. You ain't even, you ain't even, your fate is predetermined. It's like you've you already been judged. You've already been judged and we got an answer for you. Now, I'm just a regular dude. I, let's say a girl you was with was getting cheated on. A lot because the nigga said he stayed to work late and he was at the Regal Beagle. Then you actually gotta stay at work late. And she tripped the fuck out because I gotta stay at work late. You know what? You know what? Fuck that job. Fuck you. Stay there till you <laughs> goddamn. You know, I don't even care no more. All because the last nigga did. You actually at work dealing yeah, what you gotta deal with. Do. Ain't got yeah. nothing to do with that dude. Right. But because this nigga lied about that shit so much. Anybody see, that ain't and, there. And it goes to this right here. And what's the name of that book? Life, Love, and Lockup, Volume 2, My Pain Became My Character, by my curator, my sweet sister, Michelle Lovett. And we, Michelle, you know, that's my wife's best friend, you right. know, and we have grown a bond, a family bond. You know what I'm saying? We're right. family. So when she came... First, she went to my wife. You know, you got to get my queen's permission. Definitely. And then uh, she came to me and say, hey, I, I want you to be a part of this project. Right. For And it's all-male project. I said, okay. Um, and there are other guys in here that are telling this story. And I'm talking about these stories are emotional, but we are talking about black men telling their stories about what they went through and what they had to deal with to bring them to a big, uh, a good character. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've done so many things as black males and we hold them in. It's like I told you the other day. You was talking about, it was something you were saying and I told you about pride. Pride tends to take all of that good stuff that you desire and you want to do and somebody good come along and say, hey, well, I think you should do this. You be like, no, hell no, I ain't doing that. You know, that's pride. You know what I'm saying? Instead of being open about uh, your situation, right. about the situation or whatever they're trying to get you to do. Definitely. Instead of being open. So what they're saying, we have a lot of brothers out there that don't, that will not 
and there's some brothers today that will not uh, share their experiences or will not open up. And because I open up, because this guy opened up, because you open up, that makes you different. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't make you different. It's a cure to your mental health that's bothering you, that, that that's holding you back, that's got you in bondage. We have to come out of bondage, this spiritual bondage that's it's like a cloud that's hovering over you. If you are not willing to get rid of that cloud and allow the light to shine over you, then you're gonna go, you're gonna keep down the same path and you're gonna keep running into obstacles. Right. See, our job is as kings, if we're gonna be kings, we got to break down every obstacle that's put in front of us, no matter what it is. And the first obstacle we got to do is stop holding each other back. We got to stop doing that. Now, you mean holding back like uh, withholding information or holding back by being crabs in a barrel? Information, crabs in a barrel. Back if you, If you want a million dollars a day, right, I would not be mad with you because... You did whatever it took to, to get, get that million dollars. Word. Put in the work. So, congratulations to you. Now, would I like to know how you got it? Sure. It's my decision if it's good or bad. You know what I'm saying? Word. But the bottom line is you got it. You know what I'm saying? I, I had no part of that. But I'm happy for you. You know what I'm saying? But you got most people, you know, they, most of our people, they see one of us with that and, you know, they plotting, scheming, hating, hating, you know? So with that being said, man, um, this right here, this male version, over a thousand copies were sold before it even came out. Now, <clears throat> I want to say something about this book, Life, Love, and Lockup, Volume 2. Um, this book is available to Amazon. purchase on Amazon. And like I and said, and the website also. Yeah, so definitely, you need to definitely do that audio for me, for all three of them, and send it to me. The audio I commercial. Put that with this okay, episode. so so here, here. This book, is the females portion. And that book, sisters, and my wife is in this one, of course, and they they also have a, a volume one, so you can get all these on the website, uh, uh, life, love, and lockup. Dot com. Life, love, and lockup.com. Yeah. So, and you go to Amazon. They're on Amazon as well. So, again, same curator. Um, but these are women telling their stories. These are sisters telling their story. See, a lot of times we brothers, we sit here, man, and we see these sisters, and, you know, and some of them try to holler at me, and then, you know, you, you try to figure out, well, why this, like, you, you can even say, hey, uh, hey, queen, how you doing? And she got an attitude with you. It's not because you spoke to her, she got an attitude. She dealing with something. She dealing with something. Word. Somebody did something to her before she got to you, before she crossed your path. Right. You know what I'm saying? Again, you predetermined before you even got before you even got right. started. Your fate is predetermined. Right. You are because because dude, this dude. joker over here, this joker over here is uh, he's bad, or he said something bad. You know, calling the B word or H word or whatever. But yet, when you come around, you be respectable. You be the humblest brother, most respectful brother ever. And then she go, F you. Get out of my face. Blah, 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 blah. 
Why? Because she's dealing with something. It ain't got nothing to do with you. A lot of times when I work for the sheriff's office, you run across females like that. How long did you work for the sheriff's I office? I was there for about four years. Where? Fulton County. Were you Fulton County Sheriff Department? Fulton County Sheriff Department. So you was a sheriff deputy. You did your time there. Um, and, and I know that was a great experience. And Ron, what years were you? Uh, I went from 2015 to 2018. Gosh, what about three? Yeah, three years, yeah. That's so, good. But I didn't get actually, re you know, released and done until... Uh, I think the end of 2018. Man, and then you did your law enforcement. So your um you definitely have a patriotic, you know what I'm saying? Because I believe cops are born. You know what I'm saying? But it all starts from childhood. My childhood, yeah. you know, I would see the fire truck roll around and I was like, hey man, I wanna be a fireman. You know our little kid. That's what I, I wanna mean. be a fireman. I wanna be a policeman. Man, there are five professions that are born and not um made. You gotta a teacher is born. So you have to care about somebody enough to have patience with their ignorance to help develop their wisdom. As firefighters, you have to be, it has to be a voluntary job yeah. for you to run into a, a burning building when people running out. Yeah. And a police officer. It should be in you to want to defend you know, weak Something. people against crime yeah. and protect your neighborhood. That all comes from pride, patriotism. And I believe, and that's why they don't pay those people grand amounts of money because if they started paying goddamn cops $500,000 a year, everybody would be a cop and there really won't be no law enforcement. But see, let me tell you something about that, that side of the fence. You have, there are people, and I'm not talking about all officers police officers mm -hmm. but there are some that are just just they get they they get they sneak through the, the crevices uh -huh. right they sneak through the cracks so it's like okay um you see all these killings out here of black people i heard somebody say one time well they always talk about black lives matter but all lives matter okay yeah but all lives matter but why are black people getting messed with? why now, I know the answer to that. I know the answer to that. But he, th this is a thing where the government themselves, um, and I'm talking about the local government, these cops that come in and apply and do the psyche valves and stuff like that, they fake, they lie on the test a lot of time. They lie on the test. You know? And like, I even seen, before you go on, I even seen... Uh, I was told personally that um, when there was a guy that came in to do the psyche valve and they asked him a question because, you know, when, in, in the sheriff's department, you have to work in the jail before you go anywhere else. So they asked the guy, they said, hey, if an inmate spit on you, what would you do? You know what was out of his mouth? What? I'll shoot him. Oh no, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. And that's why I couldn't be a cop. Because and and but you know, I'm sure I don't know was he thinking rationally? I don't know if he thinking that that was a trick question or what. But I guess he thought the answer he gave it was it was going to let him pass. No, that doesn't let you pass. Because you in that profession 
I don't care what color you are. If Charles Manson standing there and told you he was gonna go and have sex with your mom, you gotta have thick skin, bro. You definitely have to have thick you skin. You gotta have thick skin. You went there with all the maniacs. They crazy. They definitely crazy. And well, you yeah. to be there, you have to have a little self-control. Because if you play crazy with them, you're gonna be in there with them. You gonna and, and that's just it's like playing roulette. It's like playing roulette. But these these uh these these officers, and it's this new generation that are coming in and I got a gun, I got a badge, and can't nobody tell me nothing. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Can't nobody tell me. Yes, they can. You ever report dirty cops? No, I didn't. I never had the chance to. You haven't ever seen anything dirty from police officers? No, because I I wasn't on the street. I mean, I was in the courthouse and I was in I was right, in right, uh, the, the hospital. Yeah, I was doing yeah. transportation. And, you know, I was worked in the jail. Now, have I had encounters with with inmates? Yeah, I have. You know. Um, and we can talk about that on another segment. Mm -hmm. uh, but but the thing is, is though, when it comes to just life itself, and, I, and it's like I told you, I've been, I felt like looking back at all my achievements and all of my uh, disappointments, um, I've been married five times. Four of those wives were my career. Three of them was my career. Well, four of them was my career. And, you know, of course, there's the, you know, there's the actual ex-wife. But what I'm saying is, is this. You can become so consumed about what you want to do when you have loved ones. They understand what you're doing, but they also value they want that quality time with you. They value that quality time. When you spend time, you know, when you spend time with your, your children, your wife, that's value. That's better than money. It is better than money. We have, it's the, it's the rich man, poor man syndrome. You know, the poor man is rich in, as far as his mentality, he's rich because He's a person that understands that I got to go home and spend time with my family. I got to go home and chill. I got to go home and relax. Rich man, he all about getting that mighty dollar. And, you know, he going to give that money. He going to give it sometimes. He going to give it and say, hey, you know what? Have a good time. But you got nobody with you to enjoy that with. Because you're, staying, you're sitting in your office and you're on the computer or you're having so many business meetings. You're not even wondering what's going on over here. Little Jimmy might be over here hurting. You know what I'm saying? He probably got bullied at school. But dad would never know because dad's always on the Zoom or dad's always on the road. And that's a hurtful thing. Yeah, that 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 can... Um, and see, it, and, and I could go so many different directions with that. And I, I really want to keep it in the pocket you got it in. And it's definitely important. But see, here's my thing, man. You know, life, love, and lockup is about understanding, you know, how you... Yeah, it's almost like it's, it's, it's about understanding your, your... It's about... Understanding the growth into 
the understanding of who, okay okay i understand it like you go through stuff you become victim and you have a trouble situation but it's the path it's the path of to survival through and i say survival i mean mental survival your therapy your 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 you know change of your diet changes of your crowd changes of your friend list talking to people developing more self-love the things that you have to deal with on the way out of a tremendous situation like that is going it, that growth process right there is there, a formula there's three things you got life what people go through right good or bad mm -hmm. then you got love which is your surroundings the people uh, that love you and they and your family loves you your friends love you um, you love things and you love people and then there's lockup which you have a mental lockup and you have a physical lockup that's dope and the physical lockup portion is of course we know it's jail you know it could be just the fact that somebody mistakenly locked you in a closet and caused you caused you to have a mental breakdown right. but we deal with when the, and as far as the mental aspect, you have a big old bubble, mm -hmm. right? And inside that bubble, when you looking at somebody from the outside thinking that they good, they look good, they look normal, but the mental aspect in that bubble, inside that bubble, they're dealing with depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, they're dealing with abuse, verbal or sexual you know uh, they've lost a loved one they're alcoholics addicts those are your lockups your mental lockups mm -hmm. and it's the mental lockups when you when something physical happened it becomes a mental thing and you close yourself off in that bubble and and pride's up in that pride is at the top of the list because you're telling yourself, I'm not going to go through that again. The next person come, I'm not going to take that from you. I ain't doing it. I'm better than that. I'm stronger than that. And it's that predetermination as you were talking about. You already, your, your they already judge. Your destiny is predetermined. Yeah. It's already. The first motherfucker that do this, I don't care what it is. Boom. We like, no. The first time a person, I don't understand where they was at. The first time somebody talked back, the first time, whatever but it is. But you know what it is? And, and it, I said this It before. has its effect. Most people in relationships always want their relationship to be first class. Mm-hmm. It can't be first class. You know why? Wait a minute. It can't be first class. Why? You can work it in the first class. You can do you the can, work to listen to what I'm class. telling you. Listen to what I'm finna say to mm -hmm. you. Talk to me. So... You, it, it, it can't be first class. You know why? Mm -hmm. Because that person that he or she meets, mm -hmm. they got luggage. And inside that luggage, get this, females, inside that luggage, guess what that brother got? He either unemployed, he done lied to you. He either got child support, he ain't tell you about. He got three or four baby mama, he ain't tell you about. He got a low-paying job. He, he was afraid to tell you about. All because he want to be with you. But he got that luggage and he don't know how to get rid of it. And he's hey. sitting right there in that suitcase. 
But yet, you thinking on the other side, y'all gonna sit in the first class section. Because it's, uh, the words that are coming out of his mouth. But guess what? If he open up that thing, if he open up that suitcase, that luggage, and let all that shit out, guess what? He gonna put you in coach for a minute. But guess what? Yeah, each day, you take that stuff and you deal with it, you get rid of it, you control it, you keep moving step by step. Just like you saving whatever it costs to fly first class. You building up, you building your, your, your account up to get that first class seat. Two first class tickets. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Now you in there and guess what? You gotta stay there. You definitely gotta stay there. But a lot of when they do that, they don't stay there. They fall backwards. Because of something, some something or someone got something else better to offer. Or they think they think that. Right. So yeah. Um it's, it's a lot. Uh and this this is one thing that uh, I'm glad I'm a part of. You know, uh we got a volume four coming out, by the way. And, and it's uh Who's it gonna feature? Because they had the men in two. The women in three. One and three. One and three. So these are, the volume four is men and women. And my wife and I are in that one also, volume four. Uh, and that, by in it, you mean they interview you? We got we got uh, commercials. We have uh, our stories. Uh, and the stories that you tell are just your triumphant stories? Or yeah, they're all, and it's about us. It's not about nobody else is we are telling our stories it's about us like the things we dealt with through life right, right you know what i'm saying but most people don't get that and, you know most people don't read I, some of our people don't read and they'll sit in front of a computer all day but you you can't read we suffer from that man the white man taught us not to read nothing but the bible right and the bible ain't nothing but the basic instruction before leaving earth that's it that's one script one script. It's like math. You can learn geometry. You ace geometry, but you can't stop at geometry, B. It's more to life and math than just geometry. That's how I feel about religion. Just because you found one you like, you need to understand. Like, you can't fall in love with the first woman you meet and stay with her but for a hundred years. The, the, the word religion itself is the reason why the world is in the turmoil that it's in. Religion has separated us. And I'm going to tell you, Spiritually, yeah, definitely. That's why I I, uh, I did an episode called Knowledge of Self. It's one of my earlier episodes of the Tate Barber Presents Chop It Up podcast, and it gave you supreme mathematics. And then I did a part two of Knowledge of Self, and it gave the explanation of the supreme alphabet. And these are all the things that teach you how to get control of your spirituality instead of allowing it to be sold to you from a pastor that doesn't even know you. So you have to learn your Not soul. Not only that doesn't know you, but he knows. He really knows the truth. The fact that you in here and then the means, right, that you ain't did no reading. The fact that you in here <laughs> listen to a pastor means you ain't done no reading for yourself. Right. I, as a pastor, had to lie. I, they tell you, yo, a lot of this stuff is bullshit. And uh, we, we changed a lot of this stuff up to fit the narrative. Did you know they need. signed a declaration before they started preaching? Yes. Yes, I know people that have gotten ordained. But what I'm saying is, 
is the 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 path the those that are have uh, came up in ministry, and it, this is before you know. I think this is for this generation, but maybe it's it's during this generation. But the you know along with the Catholic Church, you know they sign declarations, meaning that there are certain things they can preach about from the Bible, which like I I study. I do a lot of study, right? I do research outside the Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, I request that all of you do more studying. Keep going, bro. So I, I do research outside the Bible. Got to. So there's a part in there that says women not supposed to talk or speak or whatever, 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 whatever. So I researched that. And I got an understanding on that, but it still doesn't say they could. Sure. Right? It still doesn't say they couldn't. Then you got parts where... They talk about um, the tithing. They use Malachi 3, 10, 11, and 12, you know. But they, what they will not do, what they have not done, and I haven't heard it in, in the sanctuaries that I've been in, talk about Nehemiah. Tell me about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was the, the minor prophet that God sent to tell the high priest, y'all messing up. Because most of the people, most of the, the Israelites uh, were into uh, paganism. Definitely. And there's a lot of stories about that. Christmas so, was a so, pagan holiday. We can go on for days. Yeah, ahead, yeah. Ahead. So, and then, but it's just, it's just a point in doing your research and trying to understand why is they saying, will a man rob God, blah, blah, blah. And it really doesn't mean that Malachi was... I don't think he was referring to men actually robbing God. I think he was referring to what Nehemiah was doing for God, what God had instructed him to do. That's just my opinion. Well, when the pastor say, well, before he started talking his tithe and offering stuff, he'd come off a song and the pastor come up there and he'd wipe his sweat out. Well, a man robbed God. And well, then he and, goes and through see, and talk about how the past is the tithing and bringing it. And I'm like, okay, okay, I hear you. I hear you. Go ahead. I know. And then, you know, they, they only do, because it's a whole bunch of scriptures concerning that. And, but they only doing, they do something from uh, John, or is it Luke? John 638 or Luke 638, something like that. And, or they'll, They'll go to, they stay between the end of the Old Testament to New Testament. If you look at a sermon today, it's still talking about blessings, right? But blessings, your blessing is sitting right here talking to me. Word. My blessing is being reunited, talking to you. Exactly. That's my blessing. My blessing was getting up this morning, being able to, to, to go out with my wife. You know, you know, they say that uh, spirituality Okay, people talk a lot about Zodiac, right? People say, I don't listen to Zodiac. I don't read into that and all that. That's real. Zodiac is real. But the thing is, a lot of people don't understand Zodiac signs and the personality traits of the Zodiac signs. Because, because a lot of them have dealt to turn it into sorcery. That, but more so because in order to be in touch with your soul, your spirituality, and 
just the rates of the, the personality traits of your zodiac. You have to be in touch with yourself. Most people don't have control of their soul. Their soul is being controlled by a pastor. You have to know who you are. Knowledge itself is going to tell you who you are. Yeah. And from your knowledge itself understanding, from the knowledge itself understanding, all you got to do from that is now you listen to yourself and you watch yourself. Once you understand your soul, you understand how you react to things. You understand how you respond. You understand if you're temperamental. You understand these things because these things look like um, the answers to your your personal behavior. You don't understand that because your your pastor is telling you you're wrong for all that shit. You're but there's wrong. a there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Right. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. So if we are not willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. We'll still, we'll always, we'll, we'll continue to be stuck. So, and, and and when I say a lot of work, I'm saying with, with oneself. His pants tighter than hers. Right. You can tell they are high walking and out I, there. And, and that's something I was talking about too. Um, the whole uh, sagging thing. Spell that word backwards. What you got? But we're going to talk about that on another segment. Right, that's another show. But shit, hey, just for the record, sag and spell backwards is niggas. Okay? Yeah. And just, I, I don't I don't think, I, I want everybody to stop the sag and stuff, man. So I'm going to always have a message for that. But, you know, most importantly, you owe it to yourself as a man to educate yourself and work on healing your past traumas. Because if you procreate, you are responsible for the sanctuary that your 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 creation deals with. Your mm-hmm. kids that you have are going to benefit from the things that you do to better yourself. They're you know, watching you. They're watching you and they're learning. I mean, you know, I don't want to slander any group of people, but it's a lot of people out here that are misunderstood because they're miseducated. And when I say misunderstood, I mean... The people you trying to communicate with and raise don't understand what you're talking about because you ain't even did the footwork and the foundation work of reading and studying and understand what you need to be. Yeah. So by not doing that, you just yelling unnecessary obscenities at your people. Mm-hmm. And they're not even figuring out well, what the fuck. What, what? So they have to go and find their own interpretations. Mm-hmm. And now that's where the problem comes in. Because where this person could have just benefited from a decent explanation from you, they then have to go get an interpretation by somebody who was clearly not qualified to give them that information. And if you don't know, just say you don't know. Don't lead them astray. Don't lie to them so they're thinking that what you're saying is the truth. You know, if you don't know, you don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And that's it. I don't know. And leave it at that. They could either respect it or not respect it. A lot of times they won't respect it. Cause then they think you just dumb, but you're not dumb. It's just something you're not familiar with. Word. You don't want to walk into unfamiliar territory. Definitely. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like when 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 we just going back to the um the uh, luggage thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was talking about, you know, she don't she don't know nothing about the guy having uh child support and all that stuff. Right. right? Well, he don't know nothing about she was in an abusive relationship or so nothing she, like that. So, you, right. so they're both walking into unfamiliar territory. You know what I'm saying? So when you're walking into unfamiliar territory, 
you're going to get surprised with a lot of chaos. And guess what? If you are as spiritual and and this is going out to the Christian folks. Uh, if you are as spiritual and holy as you profess to be, guess what? Then chaos is not for the believer. You're telling folks you believe in God, but chaos is not to believe for, for the believer. So, and what it does, what it is, is that because you know the devil causes chaos. God doesn't cause the chaos. I believe that it's a conflict of opinion. Meaning that God says you gotta do this or you right. should do this, and then the devil says that. you can do that. The conflict is what caused the problem because the devil gonna make his look appetizing. Right. And God's gonna probably look less appetizing because it's the it it could possibly be the right thing to do. You know, sometimes sitting at a red light could just be so annoying when I could just run it. You but know see, what I'm saying? But see, if you're if that person that's sitting at the red light I already know it's annoying, but yet he stays humble. That's who God deals with. That's who he deals with. That's what it does. When these are the decisions that we're met with every day in spirituality, man, you got that. They show the pictures and cartoons of a person's angel side on one shoulder and their devil side on one shoulder. And they're caught with a crucial choice to make. And it always, it always, the devil always has a way of, well, you know well, what it what it is? It's a lot of time. It's uh, there's there's a, a, a saying when there where there's brokenness, also there's humbleness. So what happened with David? David was always picked on. King David was always picked on as a as a child. Mm -hmm. So, but God already knew because he stayed humble. He stayed humble. That's who God wanted as his king. Definitely. When you're broken but yet humble, God is right there in the middle. And you gotta and, and and a lot of I don't think a lot of folks understand that. Define humble. Patience. A listening ear. Yes. Patience and open mind. Uh, a, a listening ear, open mind, the patience, uh, uh, the acceptance of criticism. The acceptance of what has occurred in your something negative occurs in your life and it broke your heart and you accept it but yet you stay humble with it and you talk to God about it guess what there's something brighter brighter and greater on the other side that's right and that's where patience come in you know what I'm saying because you know you have to figure out in your life what you want to do and and you have to believe something. You got to believe that you can fly. You got to believe that you can go out here and be the best version of yourself despite how you feel, what other people say. Because most people project their fears onto you and tell you what you can't do, what you won't do because of what they went through. And, you know, they don't even realize that you're not even, a, you, you, you're double the person that they may have been. And again, fear, but our, our, our whole civilization is fear-based. I mean, everybody, half the people in the country then got stuck with a needle, a needle out of fear. Yeah. Out of fear based upon the way propaganda is set up. I mean, you know, I don't judge either way, but my thing is somebody scared you into going to get that shot and saying this was going to save your life. 
Then people start dying. Then they gave you another shot. It's been 15 shots. They got three different uh, yeah, they got a, variants out there. But again, the, the fact remains that this is a this is a chemistry experiment that is that is constantly developing to help with the depopulation process that has been funded by Bill Gates. Right now, I'm not gonna mm. get poly- political mm. on your ass, but this Uh-oh. is what it is. Ooh, this is a poison. Hey, but but you know something? He bought the disease, put it out there, and he holding the cure. You know something? It's uh, it's real, real uh, bad when you say that to some people, and they go prove it. And prove it ain't. That's what you say you know after that. Man? Prove I'm no, lying, goddammit. <laughs> Prove I'm bullshit. You, you, you will let a white man tell you to go do this, that, and the third. When I tell you that I have read a book, I have done research, and I have invested because as a man, as a black man in America, it is your responsibility to do all the research. You cannot trust what the government gives you. Because the government does not want you. They don't even consider you to be a man. Read the Declaration of Independence. Oh, the government man, does not consider you to be a man. The Welfare Reform Act of 1964 gave all the power to women to deal with children because they knew that they would be the biggest catalyst of the plan that they were trying to put in place to keep the black man at a minimum being. Every time you get a child and that lady goes and takes those government assistance programs for her benefit, you are being charged with it. She has to claim that you are nowhere around. Mm. And the only reason they won't put you on child support is if that same person says he does give me money every month though. Most women don't say that. Most women say I need my check because they look at that as a benefit. And as a black man, you out here by yourself, homeboy. Ain't nobody thinking about your ass. They trying to get rid of you because true alpha male masculinity coming from the black man exposes the the exposes the lie that is considered to be masculinity in the white man. Period. It's a fraud. They only winning because they fucking cheating. They killed the father, destroyed the home, did that, did this, all these things to sabotage the black family. And then they gave women blind, they give black women blind power and authority and say the bet the more you it's like mandatory manumissions. The more you screw over that black man, the more we'll give you. Meaning, if you have one baby, we'll give you a check as long as you get rid of him. You had two babies with a different dude. Another baby with another dude will give you another check, get rid of him too. Mm. And they will keep doing that to six babies because you are helping them. Now, every man that you put on that government assist, every man that you put on child support, that brother has to walk a straight line. But Not by, the time it, by the time it gets to 2020, you got women say that they holding the, 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 the custody of the baby. Like, yeah, say something, say something. Yeah, I don't need you. Yeah. There's no such thing. But here's here's there's no such thing, thing as a strong to, to the term. How which, is it that I'm supposed to if I've been locked up for quite some time, and now I get myself established. I when I get out, I'm trying to get myself in order so I can make you know to provide for myself. And but yet you're saying these I owe these five years for back pay and 
You but know you know I ain't. You know I was. You know where I was at. You had me. You gonna charge me child support for that thirty cents a day you made me? You and then me, I just got 30. my license. I just got my license so I can drive, so I can go to work and do this and that. You taking money out of the check already, but then you send me a court date and say I gotta come to court. You gotta come to court for this uh, hearing. And then when I show up, I can't pay it because it's already being taken from me. Now you want to lock me up for another thirty days? That happened. I didn't get locked up for it, but when I first got, I got put on child support. And when I was, I was still married to Ruby, and she put me on child support. I didn't realize what was happening. I was just sitting my dumb ass in the courtroom, <laughs> just. I'm like, I just got, I'm about to go on deployment. I'm about to go here. I'm underway half the time. And we got court tomorrow for what? Child support. Why are you taking me to child support court? We still married. I just want to make sure I get my money. What? Didn't see what was happening. So I sit up here and get put on child support. Now I'm thinking, I'm finna go to Hawaii. You know, I'm gonna make a lot of money. I'm gonna send you back about a thousand dollars payday. Just make sure you straight. I go to child support court. They tell me I ain't got to pay up for $400 a month. Period. You know what I'm saying? You can't get my hazardous due pay and none of that crazy shit, but you put me on child support and this is what you get. And so she was mad and got the line. And it, like I said, man, it was so, just so hell, did, bro. So, But you actually had a kid by her? Yeah, my son, 24. Okay. So okay. again, I, and, and I'm not going to, the way that happened, that's another story. But I mean, honestly, um, and then, you know, it's so many aspects to that. And I, I have not made the story. I haven't flipped the story of, of of that scenario because I'm just holding it and I'm writing a book about it. Okay. I'm writing a book about it. My book is called Confessions of a Womanizer. And it's a story about a guy that gets married too soon, desires to marry life, but he realizes there's a lot of things he needs to learn before he steps back into that ring. Okay, stop it right there. Hold everything there and put that on start. I've been writing it already. Okay. I'm halfway through it. Okay, but what I'm saying is we got to talk about this on another definitely you know but my saying? point is i got a book and it's a great concept yeah and i had to go a little bit into the explanation because you know you throw somebody off with a book called confessions of a woman this ain't a book about host stories right. going to the club and none of that this is real shit so i'm working on that and i had to put that on here as a as a as a, as a poor man's copyright you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's dated, so you don't go out here and take my idea and try to Man, run it. I, I don't I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the, the millions listening. of listeners. The millions of listeners, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So again, man, and and again, you know, we're not necessarily and this this is this is just the other side of it. Because, you know, we represent men that have always had the best interest of of our people, our women, our children at heart. We have always shared the 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 interest, the best interest of these situations for ourselves. And the whole point of going to the military and going to colleges and going to therapy and talking to people about past traumas and trying to figure things out is so that we don't fuck up the relationships that we're trying to build in the future. Because if I don't know that I'm a I'm a I'm a damaged person because of my history. I'm not gonna understand why I keep fucking up relationships that I come across. 
Why I keep saying crazy shit? Why I keep spazzing on people that's not my... I'm bad at people that ain't did nothing to me because I haven't dealt with the shit that I've been through. And you don't deserve a good woman if you don't take the time to do that. Yes, sometimes in the middle of fixing yourself, you might run into a woman that you might think is right. But if you're not right, she ain't gonna be right. Don't do it. Not that she ain't gonna be right. It ain't gonna you work. Gonna, you're gonna mess her, whatever she, and she have established you. already. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna damage that. But most importantly, you have to understand, because again, man, a man, and I say this all the time, JT, a man gives his seed away by love. Lady, you have done something to make me love you. Here's my seed. And women, some women out there, not so, not all, and everything we speak in some, we speak in some Bernal. I call it some Bernal. I heard that from my man Zoe Williams. Some but some not Bernal. all. Some but not all. But the the, 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 the the statistics that we're speaking on come from because we military dudes, and this dude was a cop, military cast, and we, when you a military dude, or you got that pension life going on. You're a target. Now, you broke niggas, you regular ass broke niggas that ain't doing shit with your life. Don't nobody want your seed. Don't nobody want no bum ass niggas, baby. And if you lying to get sex and you finally get some sex from a beautiful woman or somebody you deem to be beautiful, don't go get her pregnant because you want evidence that you got you some. And you know your life ain't together. You know you ain't got no job. You know you don't have no plan. Let that woman go be great. She's still growing up. That's why she giving you some. That's why her stupid behind giving you some. Because she ain't figured it out yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. She trying to be loving. She gave it to the wrong person. So many babies are out here because they got... they Because chicks didn't get the wrong dude some kitty cat. And that dude don't know how to... And again, this ain't about trying not to develop the black family. Because you also got women out here who think that a, a plan after high school is to get... A baby by two good people that got good jobs so that they can go and get two child support checks and raise their kids by themselves. Some people think that that is a financial situation and that's just a part of an unhealed situation. And if you're an unhealed person and you're having kids, you're raising kids in that same stupid ass logic. And now you got a third generation. That's why the project's got three generations of hoes in them. Because you got a bitch who got her apartment. Her daughter had babies when she 15, get her an apartment. Her babies had babies, get an apartment next door. You got a whole row of houses for five or six generations. And it's a process. Every woman that's dating a man that ain't got no kids, the whole list is going to come along and be like, you ain't got your baby yet, girl. You missing all your money. Y'all been kicking it all this time. And you ain't got no money. And the fellas, if you got a baby by a girl and you ain't married, it's child support waiting to happen. Because if you ain't married that woman, child support starts the day that woman is late. So go put yourself on. Put yourself on now. She waiting for you to blow up to get on. Go put yourself on now. You're going to have to do it. You're spending the money anyway. You're spending the two, three hundred anyway. Go on and put yourself on it and, and get yourself on deck because if that baby gets about 12, 13, 14 and she decided she really want to put you on, you're 14 years behind. And they're going to charge you. They want every dime. Every dime. So, and all of this comes back to the, the, the course. The, all this comes back to the course magic. Life. <coughs> if your life is not properly mentored 
and guided or someone's not investing in your education and understanding of the game of life, then you're going to be a victim of life. And a victim of life, meaning life is going to lead you down a path and leave you with some residue that you just can't wash off like a kid by the wrong chick. Uh, growing up in an abused home, um, and then you, you go out and create an abused home. You see your daddy beat your mama, now you grow up beating chicks. So if you if you don't have an understanding of life, if your life has taken you, and only you know what life is taking you through, just because you living every day with the trauma of the situations that you've been exposed to does not mean that you're well. Just because you can walk around here you can walk on a broken leg if you if you want to suffer the pain. You done been raped, you done been molested, you done been beat, you done been told you wasn't shit. That does not mean go find somebody to lick your wounds. That means lick your own wounds. Invest in your sanity. Read some self-help books. Read Life, Love, and Lockup, Volume 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and every one they come out with. These are people that have dealt with these traumatic experiences and have chosen to allow the world to see them in their vulnerability by explaining their story. They have used their stories as a catalyst for change and understanding for the situations that you're in. I do my podcast because... You know, this is a buried treasure for anybody that needs information and game on just life. So I try to attack every topic because I've had such a fascinating life, meaning I've been in so many different ups and downs and situations. Fascinating don't always mean good. It just means it's, it's captivating. It's something I've listened to. Yeah, I, everybody wants to see a train wreck. Mm-hmm. They'll sit there and look at the train wreck. And go, oh, so and that's fascinating. Yeah. That don't mean you is good. But the point is the eclectic experiences that I've been through have shaped me and definitely sent me to the library. It definitely sent me to the therapist. It has definitely sent me into a level of spirituality where I'm able to heal myself. Because think about it. Every time you go talk to somebody, you talk to somebody with some shit going on too. Yeah. Somebody scarred too. Somebody else scarred. So, you know, you're not going to necessarily... You're not going to necessarily find the answers to your problems by listening to somebody tell you what to do. You can listen to somebody tell you what they went through. Mm-hmm. And then you can take that and, and take their solution and move forward. That's how you survive life. And you have all that in order before you go out and try to find love. Because the difference between... You got to bust that bubble. You got to bust that bubble so you're not bringing this baggage into your relationship. And for, and, and for the men, yeah, pride is the number one factor. Pride. Yeah, that Leviathan spirit takes over. And that just come pride is an another... Pride is a major effect of the lack of of black fathers in homes. Mm-hmm. Cause see your black father gonna teach you, your father's gonna teach you humility. Humility eliminates pride. See, when your daddy teach you humility, your daddy gonna tell you you can't buck up at everybody. Your daddy gonna show yeah. you can't buck up at everybody. Right. Your daddy gonna tell you what gonna slap you in your mouth when you get too slick with it. Yeah. Your daddy gonna fucking put you punch you in your chest when you talking crazy to your mama. Mm-hmm. Your daddy gonna smack you upside your head if you ain't opening the doors for your girl and your mama and holding doors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Your gonna daddy gonna you, do that. He gonna, he's gonna give you something to remember. Yeah, and what we, not to what what wrong thing not to do. You're right. 
That's exactly what it is. And see, on top of that, and we're not just saying that you ain't going to get this information if you don't have a father. Because after a while, once you realize what you're missing, if you grow up and start realizing you were abused, if you look around and realize your house and life and all that's fucked up, it's up to you to go find some mentors. Go find some coaches, some mentors. But talk to somebody. That, but you got to... You have to speak, and you that's know, how speak you speak things get it. into yeah. existence. You have to speak the manifestation, the positive manifestation into existence. Like you know, if you want to be doing something positive, you want to be a father figure to somebody, or you want to be a mentor to somebody, you want to be at the top of the game, you got to speak that into existence. And that, that goes for male and female. And that's just gang. Because first of all, there are a lot of kids that don't understand the laws and benefits of meditation and manifestation. And that's just something that you're going to have to learn. As a father, you got to go. If you got kids, it is your responsibility every day to sharpen your sword. Get a book, find a podcast, find a pastor. And I say pastor, I mean, your pastor is whatever you use for spiritual guys. It could be of your favorite rapper. It could be a dude at a church. It could be your uncle. It could be a book or two. It's all a past. Selecting a pastor is part of your soul food. And if you go back to the soul food episode of Tay Barber's present Chop It Up, you will understand that your pastor can be your timeline. If you follow the right shit on Instagram and Facebook, the right stuff, that can be your damn, that right there can be what you need because reading the right, somebody's writing the right things down. Mm -hmm. If you can read it and understand it, that's going to change your life. Mm -hmm. So your soul food got to be intact. Go back and check out that episode on soul food, just like drugs. Mm -hmm. Your drugs can be the drugs that you use to help benefit you. My drug, my new drug is Life, Love, and Lockup, Volume 1, 2, and 3. I'm reading these books, getting this understanding. This is going to be a drug to help me through my traumatic situations because I can learn from someone else's situation. I don't have to get burnt by that iron and know that that joke is hot. I just see your hand get burned by it. Right. So you can't go looking for love until you heal these traumas. <laughs> and and, and Lockup, is so many different aspects to Lockup. You got jail. You got bad relationships you got baby mama drama that's a lockup for your ass that's an 18 year sentence from a, from a one moment of not pulling out you locked up with this heifer that then lied to you and said she can't have kids i don't want no kids i'm on birth control my tubes tie i don't know how i got pregnant but we'll make it work and now you got to deal with this woman because you allowed her to dictate how you handle business. Well, it's about honesty, first of all, <coughs> because uh, it's, the it's man a, don't have a magnifying glass to see if your tubes tied. Mm -hmm. You're right. You know what I'm saying? A man don't have a magnifying glass to see if you took that birth control. But a man got a magnifying well, man, glass to put that condom on that little wee-wee. Exactly. You know so it, it, there's a there's a mimi out, and it's 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 a it's a mask and it's a condom. And the condom sitting next to the mask saying you won't they won't put you on either, huh? Right. They won't put you on either. So 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 it, it it's it's about a lot of it is uh when it comes to that, it's about communication. I'm guilty of it because I, I slowly communicate things sometimes. And when I do communicate things, it will it'll also come from emotions. Not just uh, you know the fact that I'm disappointed in something. I'm mad at something. Mm -hmm. It just a lot of it just emotion, but I le I'm learning. You know what I'm saying? 
that's it. I'm learning. I don't good. know everything. You know what I'm saying? But I know I, I there are some things that have crossed my path. I have dealt with them. I've studied the nature of it. And a lot of times you'll find yourself blaming yourself. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times you start to realize that choices have been made. And when the choices are made, it is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. You just leave it in the hands of, the God, of God. So so when I what I'm saying to these people out here that's 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 listening in, look, every day ain't gonna be a bright day unless you make it a bright day. I'm telling you. You got to speak it into existence. You got to speak you gotta get up in the morning and tell yourself, okay, um, today's gonna be a good day. I'm gonna make today a good day. I don't care what nobody say. So if a joker walk by and spit on your shoe, it's a good day. Right? But that's hard. Because you 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 come from a place where somebody do that, you're gonna slap the taste out of your mouth. I got the hay. You know, I got the hay. But you know what? Here's here's the thing. Hey bro, let me talk to you for a second. See what you did? Now why is that? So you mean tell me you wanna spit on my shoe and just have me go crazy on you or something? I said, I tell you what. Now this didn't happen to you, I'm just using an example. I tell you what. One, number one, I forgive you. Number two, uh, let me share the consequences of that. Consequences are, we get into it, who lives, who dies? I'm not going nowhere. But I know I'll end up in the big house, or maybe both of us end up in the big house. Right. Or aggravated assault or something like that. Then what? Now, whoever loves you, they gonna miss you for a while, and whoever loves me, gonna miss me for a while. Man, Why? Because you got poor conflict and resolution skills. Now, if you go check out the conflict and resolution episode of Tay Barber's present, Chop It Up, I talk about that shit, man. These dudes get out here and get mad and get punched in their motherfucking face and the first thing they want to go do is get a pistol and start shooting at people. You know what I'm saying? Back when I was growing up, you get your ass whooped, you take the, take the L and respect the gangster go and, home and collect. And, and lick the wounds and live another day. That's and, it. And you can't allow yourself. To but lose. something else I, I need to I need to share before Get we on, go. Let's do it. Let's do um, it. This one here, turn your light back on. It, it does that. You have it on too long. It does oh, that. Okay. Well, anyway, um, there's another book that uh, this is a couple's uh, volume, um, and my wife and I were in this one too. Uh, the voices behind mental illness. Um, the life of a veteran. So, in this, we have different couples talking about their experiences in, you know, uh, male and female, like if the significant other was home and the other was deployed, how the spouse handled the situation. And the biggest thing for me was knowing that, was thinking that I wasn't going to come home from Afghanistan. And how many, there tours, were, how many tours did you do in Afghanistan? I only did one, and that was enough for me. When? 2008, 2009. That was enough for me. Because what I seen over there, I never want to see again. Okay, I got to get you back on here to talk about that. So that, that can be on the, the next uh, <laughs> cast, too. 
So the thing is, though, when you're talking about veterans and you're talking about relationship and you're talking about people, there are a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of damages, scars, but there are also repairs and restoration. See, when you think about restoration, a lot of times when people think about restoring stuff, the first thought come to their mind is, oh, I got to refill this water, or I got to, to uh, you know, uh, rebuild this house or fix this house or something like that, right? Now, a restoration, we talking about a spiritual restoration. Everything you've been through, there's something on the other side of it. Everything that in your life that has broken you, like you talking about your situation with your ex-wife, that broke you at a younger, at a young age, you which know what? we all have dealt with something in that magnitude. But what I'm saying, I is, don't think I was so much broke behind it. I wasn't broke by it. I was fucked up because it happened. But as far as when the I say you were broke, and I don't mean physically broke, I'm to my mentally because you you said something to me the other day. You said. My mother assisted her into in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. Lot of ways. So that breaks mentally. That's the mental breakdown aspect of it. But yet, it did not stop you from being Curtis Leroy Tate. It didn't stop you Doing from me. transitioning. For sure. See what I'm saying? We have to re we have to restore our spirit, and we have to transition to another level. You have to, because if you stay in that same space, you're stuck. 360 degrees of the circle, right? That's right. So a motherfucker can't tell you, they can't come around here and skew. I ain't mean to do that on the cast, but Talk it's, it's all it's it's we, real. We, it's we real. Sailors, it's getting dog. real now. So a joker can't tell you if a joker come to you and say to you, "I have done a 360 degree turnaround." You know what you're telling? You ain't do a goddamn thing. You go right back to the same direction. Because the circle does what? Go right you, back to the you same direction. You had the direction. same starting point. Now, right. if you go tell somebody, say, I did a 180-degree uh, turn. I made a 180-degree turn. Guess what? That means the must, that, that that joke or a 90-degree turn. It means two things. Number one, if you say you did a 360-degree turn, first of all, you don't know what the fuck that means because he said it wrong. That means he really ain't did shit. But if somebody say make the difference and say 180 degrees, somebody clarify and say 180 degrees, they know that means they turned around and went the opposite direction. Well, and that means that's going a, left or right. I'm, whatever. 180 degrees is the opposite direction. Because 180 degrees is, 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 is 6 o'clock. So if you go on this way, 180 degrees is this way. So no matter whatever way it is, 180 degrees is the opposite way. But 360 is a full circle. Right. So that means you came all the way around and you're still going on the same shit. Right. But if you just got your life together, you don't do that shit no more. I went from 180 degrees, 100 percent east, 180 degrees west. I'm going this whole total different direction. Yeah. Cause that way did not feed me and serve me the way it was supposed to. Right. So, so I had to just change my, my whole direction. So yeah. And as again, you know. So you have to know And it's not easy To be able to Psychoanalyze yourself It's not In order to help And aid in the process Of healing yourself But 
when you realize, whenever you hit rock bottom and realize that I'm, I'm this ain't, this ain't, this ain't right. I gotta do some changes. That is when you have to be aggressive and assertive enough to go find the literature you need, because you can let somebody talk you into the game, but everything you need is in a book. Go find a book and work on yourself. Just find a book, find a bunch of books. Look up topics of conversations to get understand understanding. You are the Look only- Look at these words that are spelled the same. Look at these words that are spelled the same and that are sound the same that ain't spelled the same. They have totally different meanings at times. And the bottom line is you have to invest in your own sanity. You can't have a wife or a child if you still a fucked up wreck because of who you was getting beat by extension cords with your mama and your daddy. Yeah, or lack thereof. You lived ago, in an orphan. I know people that grew up in orphanages that are uh, that are therapists now because they have turned their life around and they're using all their experiences mm -hmm. as a means of creating understanding for people that are in those situations that, that need assistance. Yeah. And for those people out there willing to share their, their like you, that are willing to share these humbling moments for the sake of change, for the sake of improvement, for the sake of blessing and helping someone that is battling something. Those are angels, man. Those people are doing the work of God, man. You are, cause you could take your own experience, lick your wounds and go find you a comfortable place in the corner and live happy. Or you can put it out there and, and so use somebody it to help else other to live people. Happy. Yeah, yeah, man. That's right. Major shit. Look, man, we are two brothers that go back 30, almost 30 years, man. We could talk all night. Yeah, we can. We can talk all night long, man. But you, you getting the blue, you getting the blues over there. You getting it? So, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Man. And look here at 50, bro. It, you know, normally I'll get in my recliner and uh, I just go. I can get it in. I we can, I just know that this is an episode and we got people tied now. We've had great conversation. This is all riveting. I cannot publish this episode until you get me a commercial for all your shit. You are a part of my black excellence and my black market. I'm selling your products on my podcast. So whenever you go in audio and video record your situation, you gotta close that. You gotta you gotta ignore it, bro. We're in the middle of something. I know. I know that. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I don't, so I'm saying you gotta give me the information and, 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 and all that stuff and then let me know how you want to say it. You say it however you want to say it. Just keep it to about less than a minute, about a minute. Mm -hmm. Write it all down. Say however you want to put it out there. We're going to put the junk together. But um, JT Money, man, it's been a blessing, man. We can sit up here and talk for hours and go on and on about how to heal these situations. But fellas, we are here for you, man. Mm -hmm. We want to see you do better. We want alpha males in all these households. Right. Protect your seed. Your seed is the most valuable thing alive, man. Your seed produces a black man or a black woman. And that that's part of the depopulation. They've been killing black folks for so long and now they poisoning black they for they poisoning people in the name of science and recovery. So you just have to understand that, you know, it's a lot of factors working against us right mm -hmm. now. So you owe it to yourself and the gang. Right to seek improvement seek therapy black man it's okay to make therapy and it's okay to cry it's okay to feel certain ways i know you see all the meme where they 
you know, made a spectacle out of everybody that that opened up. They made a meme out of Will Smith when his wife came out to smashing a rock star. They made a meme out of Tyrese because his baby mama was keeping his baby from him. And they made a meme out of all these black men that are being tortured, man. The system is set up to kill us. We are endangered species. And if you a real nigga from the crack era and you still alive, you are a wizard, bro. And you are a martyr. And you need to be celebrated and the world needs to hear what you have to say because you saw hip-hop grow you saw the crack era you saw the killing era you saw the pill era you saw the ecstasy era you saw the dope era you saw it all and your ability to survive through it and not be a total wreck because of it mm -hmm. is noteworthy and fascinating enough for your story to be heard so mm -hmm. Here at Tate Barber Presents Chop It Up, we want all those stories to be heard because we want to be a, 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 a encyclopedia of information to help you get through the next day. Man, I could, everything we talk about is Googleable, you know what I'm saying, or, or researchable. We ain't gonna sit up yeah, here and give you no game that ain't on point. But all I'm saying is as a black man, as a man in general, you're supposed to think for yourself and you're supposed to lead black man. Mm -hmm. Black man, you are supposed to lead black man. You are supposed to figure it out and lead. Now, you know, there's a million ways to convey that message. But at the end of the day, it boils back down to the same thing. You are a leader. If you ain't there yet, don't go make no babies until you figure out what you got to do to become that. Right. That is what you owe that baby. Just because you got the right girl or what you think is the right girl does not mean go and jump off a cliff and try to have a baby with her. Right. Be careful. And you can't blame the woman. You got to be mindful of that because a lot of these women are misguided and they're looking for somebody to have a baby with so they can get some of that government money. Mm -hmm. So don't be a victim for that. And that's nothing negative against the women that don't live like that. But you and I both know these women are out there. Yeah. And they don't deserve, they should not do that, man, because you are forcing this man's hand to do something. You just holding these, these you holding this situation over their head with all kind of crazy ass threats. And so just as a man, you are responsible for how this shit goes, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We love women. We want women to be empowered and, 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 and grow and be great and be entrepreneurs and leaders. But if you're going to remember women, and I don't mean this to sound like a chauvinist, but it's the truth. The best thing you could ever be is a wife. The best thing you could ever be as a woman is a wife. If you got all the success in the world and you don't know how to coexist with a husband, you are not living in your purpose. Period. It's a lot of lonely. In order for her to be that wife, she got to deal with those things that takes us all the way back to what we've been saying yep. so again some women some women some like i told them my drug i did an episode on drugs some people's drug is success mm -hmm. or money i grind the grind is your drug i got addicted to the grind i don't do nothing but go to the grind and whenever somebody had a problem with it i blame it on the grind that's a drug you have to make time for yourself so we can go on and on and on, but I just want to take this opportunity to again tell you, life, love, and lock up. These are three things in life that can get you hemmed up if you ain't got your shit together. Mm -hmm. Check out my man's book on Amazon, parts one, two, and three, and stay tuned for part four. Volume four. Volume four in the making. So again, JT Money, what got, you got any shout outs? You got anything I, you want to plug? Wanna...
Well, you got a you got a you got a book signing coming up. We got a book launch here. Uh, uh, the uh, place is to be determined. To be determined. Uh, February twenty second. Word. We just did it the episode. Uh, so, therefore, be on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, by the time wanna... you hear this, this shit, these books are gonna be on. They out there now for sale right now, and this is happening. You gonna hear this five years from now? Them books gonna still be for sale because there's still people dealing with this shit, man. They still gonna need these books. Yeah. Probably be up to episode seventeen by then, right? Um, yeah. yeah, man. And and to I want to shout out, man. Something I should have done at the beginning. I want to shout out to my lovely wife, uh, Amina. You know, she's been the driving force behind me. She's put up with everything that I. That, that you can imagine a woman could put up from her husband. For a sure. wife could put up from her husband. That's amazing, you know? man. And, and you know, she's a veteran also. Um, and there's a lot of understanding on both sides. So I just want to shout out to her and just tell her, you know, just say I love you over the, over the waves. That is amazing. I want to thank everybody. First of all, shouts out to the wife for keeping, letting my, my partner stay out here and kick it with me a long time and all that. But... Uh, to the Tate Barber and Presents Chop It Up community out there and all my listeners, I appreciate you tuning in. This has been another great episode of Tate Barber Presents Chop It Up. I want to say thank you again to my man JT Money, a.k.a. the author James Thornton of Life, Love, and Lock Up. Go get those books on Amazon right now. Buy them out. Buy them out, man. Support black businesses. Get this done. You know what I'm saying? Let's get this man books off the shelf. You know what I'm saying? Let's get him out here. And, and Michelle Lovett is the she's the forerunner behind all the volumes. All of them. So ensure you you can Google you can Google it if you don't uh, if you don't know who that is. But uh, she's the curator of all the books, and I I want to shout out to her too. I love you, sis. All right, we want to thank you all for tuning in. Peace. As the summer months approach, our weather gets hotter and hotter and the need for a strong air conditioning unit grows more and more every day as these months go by the last thing that you need to do is worry about your air conditioning unit so at takes professional services we have professionals on standby 24 hours a day seven days a week to service all of your appliance needs. That's right, air conditioning, refrigeration, electrician, any problem that you can have, you can call Tate's Professional Services and we're there with A1 service, 100% guaranteed. That's right, EPA certified. And we are here to serve you. Tate's Professional Services. That's right, you can hit us up at area code 313-953. 7326. I'm going to say that one more time. Area code 313-953-7326. This is a nationwide service for all of our people that may need any concerns about their air conditioning unit, appliances, electrical needs, etc. Takes professional services. And remember, there are contracts available if you just want to ease the burden of having to worry about that unit at all. Again, takes professional services. Check us out, hit us up, and get on board. Yo, man, 
that was a very interesting, insightful, memorable, encouraging, dope, dope ass interview. Let it another another dope ass interview. Take the game from this interview and add it to your life, man. It's never too late to be the person you want to be, yo. You know what I'm saying? I really appreciate you guys for tuning in. I want to give a special shout out to my sponsors over there. Tate Barber and Presents Chop It Up. I'm saying, yeah, I'm out here in these streets, so I'm going to holler at y'all next time. Peace. Socially uplifted, how do you leave in here smarter than the clip that you kick it with? A certified baller that your bank can't check. Quit hacking me, homie, or I'ma check your neck. The king of the soft blends and two-top drop, and I be on it every day, so the shit don't stop. Chop it up is the name of my show, where I break it all down and tell you how it go. I keep the mic smoking when I talk my shit, so tune in every week for the game I spit. I said I keep the mic smoking when I talk my shit. So tune in every week for the game I spit. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. Yeah, shoot, y'all coming up in the shop with with all these crazy demands and these badass kids. Man, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Sir, you don't look like this son of a gun on this picture, man. You don't look like him. And, 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 and get that kid from around here. That kid sit up in my chair. He got he got iPads. He got a doggone phone. He got keys. He got a dog. And he's sleepy. And you he don't need all that to get his hair cut. Let him sit there and get his hair cut. You know what I mean? And stay out the mirror, man. You know what you look like. You can't watch me cut it and get it cut at the same time. And no, you don't look like that. I cannot give you the the, the Jalen Rose Afro when you know you ain't even got no hair up there. And no, I'm not spray painting no hair on your forehead, man. I don't do the paint. No, I ain't spraying no foreheads. I ain't I ain't putting no paint on your shit. That's what the young boys do. Them young barbers just come in there and they start a haircut and just spray paint the rest of the shit on there. Then then they tell you don't bathe for two days. Come on, man. Your girl looking at you. She know you don't look like that. She know you ain't got no edge up, but then you come in the house with all that makeup on your forehead. She looking at your ass like, this nigga got all more makeup than me. Well, well damn. Come on, man. That ain't how it's supposed to be done. Just come sit down and get you a nice haircut and let me fade all that shit in and make you look like you're supposed to look. I'm not dealing with that. And you bald-headed on the top, bro. Stop playing. You ain't even got no hair up there. Talk about you want your hair braided. Man, your hair gonna look like stitches. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got no hair on your head. And I'm telling you, that's why I don't make me try to argue with you because you don't never want to let stuff go. That's why you can't get ahead in life. You won't let shit go. Like, let, let, let that hair go, man. You bald-headed in the top, man. You got potholes in your lawn, man. Come on, man. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't doing that no more, man. Hey. 
coming up in here with all these crazy demands and stuff, man. And listen, when I tell you that it won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol, that's just me sprinkling a little bit of truth on it. It's only gonna sting if your shit ain't together, baby. Yeah. Come on, come on. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol. It won't hurt till I hit it with the alcohol.